Welcome to SocialCast, your go-to place to learn about marketing, the latest social media news and insights. Brought to you by Social Bakers. Hi everyone. Welcome to the next podcast episode. Today we speak to Monica, who heads up our product marketing team. We had Monica on our podcast a couple of months ago when she spoke about influencer audiences. And this time we want to speak about influencer marketing in the context of what's happening in the world in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. Monica follows influencers really closely. Uh, she knows more about their world than most of us. And it's always just a good conversation with Monica anyway. So without further ado, let's hear it from Monica. Hi, Monica. Welcome back to the podcast. It's really good to have you on again. And I know last time we spoke about influencer audiences, diehard fans, and now we're here to speak about the influencers themselves because it's quite a quite a time for influencers right now. And uh, well, maybe just briefly uh, to recap. So um, well, you follow influencers pretty closely, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I think uh, someone who works in marketing, I follow it from a marketing perspective, but let's be honest, I follow it from my personal perspective. Just it's an interest and hobby. <laughs> and, uh, so I'm not trying to be a professional here. Uh, yeah, I just enjoy it myself. So I'm glad I can help as well. Uh, give information to marketers on this side things side of things too. Right. And of course, everyone is uh, welcome to rewatch that uh, uh, first episode we did together. It's very, very useful just to, to understand influencer audiences better. But now we want to talk about influencers because, well, let's be honest, it's, it's a pretty tough time for all of us. Uh, but uh, what about... Influencers, I can't imagine it being easy currently. Uh, what are you seeing, Monica, right now? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. I think everybody's thinking about it right now. So I'm glad that we could sit down together and talk about it. Um, when we think about influencers, maybe we think about them as like these non-human type subsect of something like, oh, influencers. But when you get down to the core of it, influencers are, are freelancers. They're artists. They're creatives. Um, they're people. So uh, I think we're seeing influencer marketing uh, and influencers change a bit in the way freelance and gig work is changing a little bit right now. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's an interesting takeaway right now is uh, influencers may have a bigger reach, a bigger audience, bigger brands that they work with, but um, they're, 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 you know, small businesses in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so has business, uh, well, for some of them, I imagine business has stopped entirely, like for some businesses out there, uh, for some it sort of continues. Uh, how it has actually have influencers just become sort of, uh, you know, social distancing lockdown influencers, or are they still <laughs> do they still have their niche sort of preferences right now? Uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, and I would hope that it would be a little bit of both. I'm um, seeing a travel influencer talking only about travel would seem like some parallel alternate reality, uh, which. Uh, when we're all living in like these global times, uh, it's important to understand um, the interest in the business that they've always been talking about, but also what does their life look like now? So I think what influencers are getting really right right now is they are showing us their sort of lockdown influencer lifestyle in a lot of ways, but um, still talking about it from what they know best, which is the shared interests that they have with their audiences, their niche, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, following influencer content has been an interesting look into how the people that 
I'm not going to say I love, but the people that I, I, I feel really close and connected to as, as influencers go, how are they uh, emotionally handling, handling things? Um, and how is their business changing and how is their content changing that I'm consuming as well? So my, my yeah. feeds are looking different and how much do I like that? How much do I not like that? It, it, I guess it really depends on how the influencer is managing that balance. And what are uh, some of the responses uh, to this uh, crisis that you've seen from uh, influencers that kind of stand out for you? Yeah, there's one. Um, so it is a Scottish influencer, uh, Forever Yours, Betty. And um, she's more of a lifestyle influencer. And I think the lifestyle influencers right now are the ones who are suddenly uh, the lockdown experts in a lot of ways. Um, but a few weeks ago, she talked about uh, really candidly how she lost all of her promotions, all of her ads that were set up or already shot. Um, so brands were pulling out at a rapid rate a few weeks ago and um, she was uh, slashing her ad rates. Um, so she was really honest about, you know, being a freelancer, being a, a small business owner and how, you know, brands really did have to make that call a few weeks ago, especially um, let's, let's pull out, let's, let's decide, let's, let's take a breather and figure out our strategy right now. And um, seeing that from the influencer perspective, um, and also, you know, working in marketing, it was an interesting thing to understand the business side and being really transparent about, you know, they are content creators, but they are business people. So seeing that sort of uh, financial hardship was was really re refreshing and interesting to me that she let her followers in mm -hmm. on that side of things. Is there so influencers are kind of like businesses and and uh, it's always interesting to look for influencers and in just in general how they create content. Uh, is there anything that we could be learning from their uh, responses as businesses? Uh, I definitely think so. Um, as I always talk about is uh, and in our previous podcast, uh, influencers are so hyper connected to their audiences because they're obviously like maybe a one man show kind of thing. So they, they can't afford to really uh, lose that follower followership, lose the, the loyalty there. So um, uh, as brands, we're trying to figure out, I think, how do I communicate today? Um, how do I show that I'm strong? How do I show that I'm a thriving business? And influencers have sort of taken the opposite approach. They're like, how do I feel today? Uh, how's my content different today drastically than it was yesterday? And so they're really able to address their strategy so quickly and really keep their finger on the pulse of what's going on. Uh, I don't know if brands can be that agile. That's this an insane ask for brands to be that way. But I think being a little bit more careful and cautious and understanding of the current times is, is uh, an interesting approach that we can get from influencers. This humanity, this transparency, we use these buzzwords so much when talking about influencers, but I can't help but saying it's it's so true. They're so transparent. Um, you're seeing them in their loungewear now, you know, in their jammies uh, with their, you know, with their hair up. And um, they're now just giving house tours instead of, you know, taking you to new cafes and brunch places, especially the lifestyle influencers. So I think uh, the, the reality is that um, influencers are, they are transparent and they're real and brands could... Uh, even while maintaining this this strength and this we're here to, for the long term, they could be a little bit more vulnerable, I think. Right. And they sort of have this very direct uh, access to an audience uh, that's um, really sort of personal. It's almost like a friend friendship that they, they've built. So it it wouldn't it feel almost kind of awkward if you if you wouldn't react, let's say, or you took 
too long to react uh, uh, in that situation. Right. Yeah, I think that's also a great point in terms of the content that's sort of been changing. Um, they're reacting and they're also drawing a lot of attention to uh, some really uh, emotional topics like uh, mental health, taking care of yourself, um, being, I guess, okay with the lack of productivity as well. I think there's been a whole sort of, um, uh, I don't know, the growth and or expansion of content that's like... Uh, Suddenly I have all this time to be so productive. Suddenly I have all this time to create these blogs. I have all this time to be so creative, but um, being productive in a time where you may feel stress, uncertain, uh, confused. Um, I think the influencers who are drawing attention to that sort of emotional side of things, to this productivity bell that's ringing in their heads, they're going to be in the long term the ones who I guess are getting the most respect and loyalty in the long term from their audiences rather than the ones that are keeping business as usual, still uh, posting a lot, making sure that things don't affect their perfectly curated content. I think that's sort of on the, uh, that's going to be on the, on the out. Mm. And that's a, you know, if we look a couple of months back, that was sort of what a lot of people were, um, complaining about a little bit about influencer marketing that it just seems so polished where it almost didn't seem like real life at all and and so i guess that that filter has been taken off it depends i think maybe on the industry um i think what's so funny is some of the lifestyle influencers uh so if, if you think of uh so there's one uh noelle downing she has always been a very sophisticated lifestyle influencer and she's moved that exact style of how she does things just to her home so now she's baking and then swipe up now she's wearing loungewear swipe up now she's showing us her exercise bike so i think it's so funny uh, how different influencers are um still managing business but uh, just sort of Shifting it, the shifting the location of what things are, or how things are happening here. Um, a lot of the cooking influencers or food influencers, dietitians, things like that as well. They're suddenly showing you all of these recipes with canned goods and things like that. So I think you can really still shine as an influencer and be more polished, but or still have your aesthetic, still have your your vibe, the colors, the filters that you're using, but just sort of uh, transfer it to what's happening now. But I agree with you. Uh, some influencers have been overpolished, and I think that's been an influence actually a lot from brands who are maybe expecting something from influencers and influencer marketing that it really shouldn't promise. Yeah, and uh, from a point of view of the audience of the influencers, so you know, I guess you can speak about your own responses. But what what response have you in general just seen from from their followers? Um, I really think uh, from from influencers, followers, this 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 community really developing. So maybe um, I think as brands were coming in the past couple of months and changing influencer marketing, maybe making a little bit more polished, more commercial. We're seeing a return maybe to like more of the earlier days of influencer marketing when when YouTube videos were were poor quality and the sound wasn't good or um, when you weren't pushing new products that you received in PR packages every single video. Um, people are getting, influencers have to get more creative because their resources are a little bit different. And I really think that's such a benefit to the community um, to see if you are actually connected to this influencer as a person or if you were just connected to the products that they were pushing. So I think it's the diehard influencer audiences and the influencers will 
really come even closer together in this. Mm. And what about the industries that are really have been affected? So like the travel influencers, for instance, uh, what are they what are they doing currently? Is it just the same sort of showing the the lockdown environment there? Um, so the ones that I follow, so I would say uh, I'll bring up two examples. One is Jess Wandering. Uh, she is known for her super extreme travel in terms of like going to remote areas of uh, South America and climbing mountains and things like that. Um, we saw a very personal story from her a few weeks ago when she was actually trying to get from this very, very remote location back home and uh, kind of detailing that process and that stress that we were all sort of feeling about um, we don't know where we're going to be for the next few months. Travel mm. influencers who are more nomadic in the things that they do. Um, that was an interesting story to follow. And now we see her. She did get home. And now she's uh, cooking a lot on her Insta stories um, and answering a lot of questions from the community. I think right now there's a lot of downtime. So a lot of ask me anythings are coming up. Um, sharing industry knowledge. Um, how do you get started as an influencer? How do you get started as a world traveler? How do you save money to travel? So I think um, instead of giving photos and experiences back to her community, she's really giving and sharing her knowledge and her skill set right now, which I think is super cool that she's so open to expanding the the landscape for other influencers to crop up when, when things change. Yeah. And uh, what about the the response from brands to this entire thing? Well, in relation to influencer marketing, uh, have partnerships sort of continued uh, or did they also uh, pause? Um, this is a tough one and I think it depends. Um, brands, I think some of the ads that they tried to really lean in hard on this remote working lockdown, um, some of it was, uh, it, it felt pretty flat. Um, there was one brand that I saw a partner about how to create a crazy five minute hairstyle for your next zoom call. Cause you woke up late. It's just, Oh, it felt super cringy. I don't know how to describe it. Um, so I think if you lean too hard in what's happening and don't stay really connected to your brand voice, what you provide to the community, um, what, what you can really provide with that partnership from an influencer, um, but then forcing this weird content on influencers, I think uh, it's, it's pretty strange, but I can imagine brands are pretty stressed and want to sort of take the reins back and take the control back and make sure everything is, is super clean and super okay. But I don't. I, I think it'll fall flatter than letting the influencers really do their thing right now. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that you should just let the influencers sort of run with the whatever they want to do uh, currently, or are you just saying pause? Sorry, I didn't catch that. I think uh, it's it's not about pausing. It's about uh, not sort of over dictating. Um, I think right Got now it. brands. Uh, they, they're they're feeling lack of control, but they still need. To, if you want to work with influencers now, and it, it might be a good thing to do if if it it has always been part of your sort of strategy. You can continue to do that, but just be more mindful that maybe the influencers may have more recommendations on, on how to move forward here. If you're starting influencer marketing, I'm not sure the time is now maybe, um, but however long this situation goes on for, um, I think influencer marketing is going to be growing stronger and stronger and learning so much more, um, from this situation and, and become better. I don't think influence marketing mm. is going to fade away because of the situation. We're right for, for many months before this, it was really the, the, the sort of go-to ROI marketing, uh, let's say tactic for, for many businesses or just a long, long, long-term strategy as well. 
and many of the brands that are have been successful are, are really widely known, like Daniel Wellington. And and I wonder if for them, you know, it's it's still the still it's the influencer marketing that is the the core strategy. Um, for for many of the beauty brands, I imagine influencer marketing is is probably like seventy uh, percent of their marketing strategy. And right. Is it going to continue being seventy percent through that crisis, or is it just going to is it going to be adjusted? That's a great question in terms of ROI that you brought up. So um, brands who are maybe pushing the hard sell compared to brands who are using this time to maybe build up awareness, grow the community, um, knowing that maybe people's pockets aren't as deep as they normally are. Um, I think that'll make the difference in terms of. Uh, true ROI after this, uh, after we've moved through this and grown beyond it. Um, the brand awareness uh, angle, I think, is is mm. really powerful. Um, if you can't be pushing products right now, at least you'll be uh, the brand who partnered with an influencer who is talking about the hard stuff, who was engaging with their communities, who was even you know financially supporting their communities. We've seen a lot of beauty brands, a lot of, uh, even, uh, lifestyle influencers just giving money to, to their, to their audiences and things like that. So it really depends, um, what you expect out of marketing right now. I think a lot of brands in general are expecting to maybe shift their goals and Mm -hmm. their objectives a little bit right now. So, uh, influencer marketing, I think is no different there if you're moving forward with this brand awareness. Yeah, and I suppose in many regards. So, if influencer marketing, maybe it was very popular because it was sort of an effective way to get your return back for whatever you're investing. I don't know why that should essentially change. As uh, if, if let's say, especially past this crisis, and maybe that's that's a topic to discuss. So, if we're really entering a kind of a long-term economic downturn, is influencer marketing? Um, risky in that sort of situation are brands gonna opt for something a bit more let's say traditional and and uh usual or like running let's say facebook advertising or or doing um more display advertising as opposed to influencer marketing or are we gonna stick to influencer marketing that's a great question i cannot be the one person who can tell you about uh, the full-blown implications of uh the an economic downturn but what i what i can say is Influencer marketing is is great, um, and if if something like this takes away something that has really revolutionized the way that we connect online and the way that we connect with brands, then that will be an incredible disappointment to me and uh, a lot of other people in different influencer communities. But I honestly think influencer marketing might be kind of like the cockroach of marketing. It's not. It's gonna. It's gonna uh, ride out uh, anything that that happens. But for me, I hope that it doesn't just stay as is but it really grows and changes and our our approach to influencer marketing in the future should be our approach to you know hopefully the world is going to be changing and improving as well so um it would be such a shame for influencer marketing to use this time and this growth and this creative energy that it's experienced right now and then go back to shilling products or uh in a way that was getting a little bit too i can't even say it commercialized i know it is a business it is advertising but um it was it was losing a lot of trust over the past couple of years it's growing back now with uh, the transparency in terms of uh, actually saying that you're in partnership with brands but um this is a very long-winded answer to say i hope influencer marketing um 
uses, I don't know what it's been doing over the past couple of months and takes that into the future. Cause then it'll be stronger than ever. Yeah. If I, I, my intuition tells me that it it has to stick just because, uh, I mean, if you think about what influencer marketing essentially is, it's, a, it's a, influencers have an access to to an audience that really trusts them. And, and I mean, brands also have accesses to audiences or they can access them organically or they can, you know, pay to reach that audience. So essentially, those influencer audiences are not going to disappear, I suppose, unless the influencers really do something just the uh, plain stupid you know during this time but and, and exactly the, that access is what counts right like that that's what you pay for as a brand it does and i hope this time really also strips it back to some of the the, the best parts of it in influencer marketing what you're saying is this trust this this closeness and remove sort of the uh i don't know celebrity status of influencers that that kind of ruins a lot of things about influencer marketing um so we'll see how how brands and influencers respond to this. So it will really affect uh, what influencer marketing looks like in the next couple of years. Um, I saw a really great, I can't believe I'm about to say, I saw a really great meme. I'm sorry about that. Um, It is uh, from the movie Legally Blonde. And so um, Elle Woods, who is uh, um, in an interview, uh, the interviewer asks her, so do you have any questions for us? You know, the standard at the end of an interview, you want to re-interview the, the, the interviewer. And she says, um, yes, I'd like to know how uh, your brand responded to the crisis and uh, did, how did you ensure the safety and well-being of your employees at this time um, and things like that. Um, what I really liked about that meme is that um, we should hold brands to a super high standard right now. Um, how they respond and how they figure out this crisis over the next couple of weeks, uh, I think will really solidify how we feel about certain brands. And I think the same goes for influencers and the partnerships that they experience together. That is a really beautiful note uh, to sort of, you know, build a vision into the future. I really, really appreciate that response. Uh, Anything else that you'd like to add at the moment? Um, I'm trying to think in terms of, um, maybe some small sort of trivia or nuggets of information from the influencer world that I've really enjoyed. Maybe some people like to hear examples. Maybe I'm not very good at describing them, uh, podcast wise, but I'd love to share a few if you are open to that. Oh, you do a great job. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, so my first one, uh, I talked a lot about how influencers are definitely freelancers right now and they create a lot of content. Um, and so maybe they're, experiencing more financial hardships. But if you are an influencer and a YouTuber, uh, you're going to be still getting a lot of sort of uh, ad revenue that way. So what I really appreciated is a bunch of beauty YouTubers in the UK um, actually donated all of their ad revenue on Saturday to uh, helping the NHS. So I thought it was super cool. At the beginning of every video, they're like, please don't skip your ads. Um, Watch them all the way through. And um, any money we re, uh, we get on these videos, I think there are 40 influencers, uh, 40 YouTubers, and I have the note here, 26 million followers or subscribers uh, across those 40 YouTubers, um, and all that money, that ad money being donated. I thought that was such a cute and interesting and very modern uh, fundraising. I've never, you know, ad revenue from YouTube as a fundraiser was, felt so modern and, and so uh, creative at times like this. So I really liked that. Yeah, wow, that's a, that's a nice bit of uh, empathy, and there's a lot of empathy in that response. And 
I imagine for many of these influencers, their audiences are actually in a position where they're really in a tough spot. And, and many of these influencers are actually in positions of, let's say, well, mo moderate wealth, you know, you could call exactly. it, or sometimes a lot of wealth. So I, I imagine they, they would be wanting to reach out to their communities and, and help directly somehow as well. Yeah, I thought, especially this was very interesting. They're like, if you can't be donating to the NHS yourself right now, just sit here and do what you do. Watch the videos. You are helping. You are part of my community. And on behalf of my community, I'm donating for us. So I thought that was really special and super powerful. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up is um, kind of uh, influencers as small businesses. Um, so I think this is kind of uh, an approach we don't often see influencers may have just one job. It could be influencers. They may have quit their job, but they're often creative types or artists as well. Um, so I, uh, there was an influencer who took to, uh, her Insta stories. So this is a clothes horse. She lives in a very, very, very small town in Northern Ireland. And she was talking about how the work that she does when you're ordering her prints or you're ordering her art, you're actually keeping, um, her small town's post office open. Um, they were deciding whether they should close it right now because they're not getting, filling their mail quota. And, uh, she lives in a town with a very, um, with a large elderly population who might not want to travel to a bigger town to still receive their mail and their parcels and things like that. So she really talked about the positive domino effect of supporting small businesses. You're supporting this small post office. You're supporting the elderly community in the small town in Northern Ireland. Uh, I thought it was just bringing this whole community together and you realize in a global pandemic, uh, you are so attached to these people in these small faraway towns who are experiencing things the way you are. I got pretty emotional about it. So I thought that was just, <laughs> I was picturing these, uh, you know, the elderly community still being able to, to get what they need and, and, and go about their lives and not be compromised by, um, you know, something like going to a larger post office. So I thought that was really special. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, again, it's as if your friend would be asking you to just help them out, you know, in this exactly. current time. Like when you buy boxes of Girl Scout cookies from your friend's kid and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm helping my community here. <laughs> exactly. And it makes you feel good. You know, you at yes. the same time, you feel like, uh, yeah, it's, a, you feel happier being able to help others, I almost feel. Yeah. So I think those were two really cool examples. And then, um, I mean... Anytime you have any questions about influencers, the way the content is changing so rapidly, really day to day. And some days people, influencers are super positive and doing like challenges and being part of the community. Some days they're just not doing well. And I think that is super cool to see. And um, brands should not be afraid of that sort of emotional vulnerability. And I think they could really benefit from a partnership with a, the authentic influencers and not shy away from some of that darker stuff. Yeah, agreed. And if we, as marketers for brands, if one thing we can learn for this time is a little bit of empathy, uh, that would be a solid takeaway from this whole messy situation. It would. I think that's a great way to sort of wrap things up. You, you, you said it. You said yeah. it. <laughs> Thank you, Monica. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. And uh, we'd love to... Uh, have you here again after this is over and you can tell us, uh, you know, where has it really taken us? 
Uh, yeah, I, I look forward to that time for many reasons. Um, but in general, hopefully you guys learned something today. I hope my enthusiasm didn't get in, way, get in the way of sort of uh, telling a cohesive narrative, but we'll see how that goes when we listen to it, right? <laughs> yeah, it was great. Thank you so much and take care. All right, thanks, bye-bye.